Welcome to the Return Slot of Horror, a rad neighborhood video store, independently owned and independently run by horror fans for horror fans. But it's more than just movies. It's spooky cocktails, nostalgia, laughs, some minor disagreements, but most of all, it's just a good time. So join Mickey, Michelangelo, and Marika in the basement for some late night frights and ghoulish gas. Hi, you reached the, the Mickey Miller store of movies. It's <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what have you done? I don't know. <laughs> oh Jesus! How is I just is everything okay? Is the store still standing? Uh, hello, who is this? It's oh my god, dude! It's Marika. Oh my god, Marika! You got to get back here. Is that Marika on the phone? Is that Marika on the phone? Hold yes. on, I'm hopping on. Yeah, I'm hopping on. on. I'm no. hopping on. Michelin, stop crowding yeah. in on me. I don't like no, it. I just grab me like that. You're like I'm, right over my shoulder. It's Marika. I just thank God. Yeah. Hold on. Oh. I'm gonna put her. I'm gonna put her on speaker. Hold on. All right, Marika, you're on speaker. Hey guys. Hey. Is hey. have you gone to the bank? <laughs> Is that <laughs> for what? A, <laughs> what? Oh my God. We got the. I got the cardboard box, and I keep all the money in that's hidden in the porn section. So. That's the safe. So I don't know why we need a bank when we have a safe. <laughs> it's perfect. Fine. Whatever. It's good. Nothing's burnt down? No. Not down. I wouldn't say things are burnt down. Yeah. Good. That's super comforting. Uh, did you get my email? God. Yes. Yes. So Mickey, you watched, right? Yeah, I watched. Okay. All right. And I had to go to the library for this one, which was a positive. We don't carry this movie, and I've never seen it. What do you mean? Where? It's, it's, yeah, it's 100% in the movies Marika hasn't seen section. I've been restocking the shelves. I have not seen this section. Where is the section? The far right corner. The, f oh, I don't go over there. It's, I saw a spider there once and I, I don't go there now. Uh, so you went to the library? How did that go for you? It was great. The libraries, I haven't been in a long time. I, I got, I got a new card. Um, uh, for this for this particular branch, and state of the art, baby, state nice, of the art. And always, I felt I felt guilty just getting a movie. So then I also got a book that I definitely don't have time to read because I'm reading three books right now, and it was a Stephen King book. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good. You want to like you know add that to the the data the the library's data that like someone took a book out. Yeah. Very important. And they had the movie, which I was, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, I wasn't excited to watch this movie, but I was like, okay, don't judge a book by its cover, a wink, wink. And, um, uh, like, this is, this is a huge section um, of horror film knowledge that I'm missing, which is these, like, uh, you know, 2010 to now sort of trendy jump scary horror films the annabelles and the um, insidious, insidious. I, I, I i that's a the huge conjuring. gap yeah exactly uh that's a huge gap in my uh movie knowledge so it was it was like okay I, i'll see this one and i'll i'll get, a, get some in, you know i'll i'll get into it a little bit because they don't look good to me but this had ethan hawk which i was excited ethan hawk yes Indeed. And Juliet uh, Rylance, who is mm -hmm. fantastic. 
I should probably mention that this will definitely not be a spoiler-free discussion about this yes. film, by the way. Uh, is the is the store still open? Have you guys been... Actually, have you guys been opening it's the open store right at now. all? Yeah. Oh, so you, so you guys can't have a drink while we're discussing. I'm drinking. Thing. I've been drinking. Oh, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's comforting. <laughs> the way you said that, Vicky, was like <laughs> was like I yeah. dr- I need to. It's yeah. it's not it's not terrible working yeah. with me. Well, but, but it by is, day, uh, by day three of by day three of Marika being gone, I started day drinking. Fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, but it's not, it's not Michelangelo. So wait, what are you fault. drinking? Wait, what are you drinking during the day at the sh- shop while you're working? Like today? Well, so I like I'll like most days I'll start I start with a breakfast stout, um, obviously, <laughs> and then get your fiber in or whatever. Right, and then around lunchtime I'm doing something like uh, uh, a lolly hop by Trogues, and then um, you know. Towards the towards the afternoons, I'm doing something darker, some form of like you know, either a stout or a porter, something like that. Right now, right now, I'm drinking a Guinness <laughs> stout. All right. So you go full full circle. You start out with a breakfast stout, and then you right. finish with a with another non breakfast stout. Correct. Michelangelo, what are you drinking? Um, I'm uh, this is a special occasion. Marika was calling, so I busted out the Boulevard. Bourbon barrel quad barrel aged um, uh, quad ale that is absolutely delicious. It's, uh, it's got a like quad cheering. ale. Yeah, it's it's twelve point two. Oh my god! And yeah, you work and while it, you drink this. Yes, every this is not a first. This is not a special occasion for him. This has been going on. Oh. This reminds me. I got to talk to you about your drinking, Michelangelo. Heavy. Well, normally I I also have a lager going um also it's a palate <laughs> cleanser oh, this right. way it's like i'm eating I'm, yeah. well it's like it's a very uh I, oh, man i should have gotten the name for this but it's like a very bready pilsner like czech bills pilsner so it's kind of like light and honey and grassy and bready and then i have the the bourbon barrel quad and that's like cherries and toffee and vanilla so it's it's kind of like I'm, I'm i'm eating bread and having crudite i just need a cheese now really and my gout, I can I can get my gout started early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cheese, let's talk about this film. <laughs> well, I gotta before we get to the cheese of this film, I need to know <laughs> what time zone Marika's in and what she's having. I'm in the cool kid time zone. Of course. And I, you know, I I made a drink for this. I invented a, a cocktail as usual Whoa. for this. You did a Marika spooky cocktail for this? I certainly did. Oh my god! Wow. Okay, you need to lay off the bready fucking beer, dude. Okay, sorry. <laughs> bready, grassy. Uh, <laughs> this one, this one's called a lights on mofo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, bit of whiskey, bit of tonic water, some ice, squeeze a lemon, and then you have to drink it. You mix everything together, and you have to drink it underneath a black light. Cause that shit glows like a cool. special spooky cocktail. Oh, we gotta Love take it. a photo of that and put it on the Instagram. I don't know. That's cool. Now, Michelangelo, are you drinking? So, going back to to spooky cocktails, are you drinking the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale in honor of Kentucky Blood? 
Yes. Oh, nice. The book in this, in the the book in the this, bestseller. And, and and Mickey, are nice. you drinking? Are you drinking a um a, a breakfast stout to go with your bagul and cheese? Your bagul, like a bagel, but bagul and cheese, maybe some lox, red onions. <laughs> That's the best joke you've ever said in your entire life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna see how long you can play this out. I was going to keep working it. The longer you work that joke, I was going to see. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm working it like a like you would like work the dough for a, a good bagul, a, a yeah. New York style bagul. Um, Marika, why are we? Why are we? Why did we watch this movie? Why did I go to the library? Why do we even have this movie in our... Why are we talking about it tonight? Because I told today? you so. Um, no, because someone that I've been seeing on the regular uh, at work, at my other contract job that shall remain unnamed, uh, is someone who's getting into horror, and he's never been into horror before. And he's like, oh man, I'm like really into horror all of a sudden. And like this is someone in his, I'm going to guess, like mid to late 30s. Which I find fascinating that, like, someone in their mid-30s would suddenly get into horror. So it's kind of, a, like, a fascinating social experiment. Um, so I made him a, a list of things that he should see. But then he also recommended some stuff. And I was kind of curious to see what someone who is just now getting into horror is into. Because it could be a number of things, right? Uh, and this was one of, like, the first two movies that came to mind when I asked him what he would what he's seen that he's really liked that he would recommend and i hadn't seen sinister uh so this is the 2012 film uh directed by scott derrickson with ethan hawk and juliet rylance um about a an, a true crime author who moves into a spooky house and then spooky shit happens as he's trying to write a spooky book about spooky things that's my official synopsis. That's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, he re he'd recommended two movies, but I and then I looked at the synopses of this movie and the other one that he recommended, and then because this one was about eight millimeter film, and I've been working a lot with, or actually super eight, but whatever, and I've been working a lot with eight millimeter film, I was like, aha, this is probably what I need to be watching right now. So that's I, why I we're talking about, about this movie. That. Were you freaked out when you were when you started watching this? Because like you're you're like working with eight millimeter film right now. I mean, let's be clear here. In this movie, this character who's decided to move into a house where people were recently murdered finds a box of Super Eight film in his attic, and he's like, "Oh, what a coinky dink!" And then watches them. I'm watching eight millimeter films that my grandfather filmed when he was like traveling the world and eight millimeter films of his grocery store. So it's not exactly the same vibe. <laughs> your your grandpa wasn't into snuff films? No, not. Well, I mean, I haven't transferred because I'm digitizing all of these films. Mm. Um, I haven't digitized them all, but I've not yet fallen on anything lewd or uncouth. No unnecessary shushing that looks like Derek Zoolander. Oh, dear God. We'll, <laughs> we'll get, get to, to that. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that. 
Um, but can you, can you, can either one of you, I don't, I, I'm ashamed to say this. I don't know the difference between eight millimeter and super eight. Can you explain, can either of you explain the difference? Marika, probably because you're working with it right now. I can. Do you know me? I don't. I mean, so, okay. So basically, um, eight millimeter precedes super eight and eight millimeter is basically 16 millimeter film. So you'd have like a quote unquote tape that you would put in your camera. So you'd expose it once, which would be half of the film. So you'd expose like, for example, the right side of your film, eight millimeters of the right side of your film. And then you'd flip it and then film again, which would shoot on the other side oh. of the 16 millimeter. And so when you had it developed, they would split the film in yep. two. So you'd like split the 16 mils into eight millimeters. And then you would have an eight millimeter film. And then eventually what happened is that they invented Super 8. So Super 8 is just an eight millimeter film. So there's no flipping. They didn't have to split it when they developed it. It was just shot in eight millimeter, developed in eight millimeter. And basically the only difference between one and the other is that, um, is like the, the size of the holes in your film to like make it go through your machine. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's the difference between eight millimeter and super eight. That's so I, I, I went to Columbia. I got accepted into the film program in your first year. I didn't do any of the film classes. I did all theater classes because um, I decided to change. Like I was like, I, I don't actually want to direct movies. Um, but I worked with a lot of people and like your first year there, you just shoot eight millimeter film. But according to what you just told me, you're actually sh they were actually shooting super eight because they weren't doing what you were talking about flipping it it was that's all possible. that's that's fascinating that is so fascinating okay well, thanks. it's also that like it's a lot easier to develop eight millimeter i think like it's easier to get it developed because there's not that whole process of splitting the film into two you mean i could be wrong eight. it's wait what did i say you said eight millimeter it's easier to develop super eight than eight millimeter. yes i think yes. I think. And then also, like, it depends on, like, I found my, I have my grandfather's old 8mm, and he has, like, Kodachrome film in it. Like, I still have film, but, like, you can't even get that developed anymore because the process was so toxic because the cameras would take film and audio, but then the process to develop the audio on that film was so toxic <laughs> that they had to stop, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating. That's nuts. How would you, how would it also get the audio I, on the film? That's nuts. I have no idea. Which I didn't it's, think that was it's possible. Crazy. It's like the 60s, yeah. Um, it's pretty, like, once you, like, get into that stuff, I've been, I'm lucky to be working with someone who's super passionate about film. Um, so it's really great, because she's teaching me so much stuff, and it's, like, and it's, there's just something so freaking great about it eight millimeter and super eight film like there's just this feeling about it that is delicious that being said when i watched this movie i was convinced that whatever was on eight millimeter was not actually shot on eight millimeter or on super eight rather uh but it was yeah and that brings me to the the opening of this film that i want to ask you like i thought the opening was not a good idea i think it it, it didn't look good it didn't look as good as it looks the rest of the time when we're seeing Super 8. 
in the middle section before you see like the giveaway at the end with the kids that kind of ruins it but like that middle section when he's watching them i was genuinely creeped out by all that stuff but at the beginning it's too big and it did look like a filter and it did look like some cgi was involved in the the sort of hanging um gag that they do and i, I, I it was like you, i felt like they, you didn't need that let's just get into the movie and like we'll discover that as we go along and i'll, I'll have a bigger punch what did you guys think of that there that was not something that bothered me about the film there were plenty oh, okay. of other things that did but but that didn't bother me i mean it's like the, I, I did i'll be confused, honest but i didn't think that the i i didn't know until you guys said that that was a real super eight i thought i figured looking at it i was like that's completely retouched like post let's make it look like old film yeah. uh effects but that's cool to know actually i i, I appreciate it much more that's that's the information at least that's out there you know what i mean um, but i agree with you it, it it felt so and maybe it was because it was blown up on a screen that it felt it didn't it didn't feel like real to me it felt you know done in post but it didn't bother me like that that sequence of storytelling i actually think that the image of those kids going up as the tree branch falls is is pretty pretty good pretty good horror image i like it because then when you get to the house and you see the branch, you're like, oh, shit, that's where it happened. Yeah. Yeah. They could have unveiled point. it at a different point, and I probably would have liked it just as much, but it didn't bother me. I didn't think it needed to be anywhere else. I think that that concept, like where it fits in the storyline current, concurrently or currently, is perfectly fine. I actually really liked the opening scene. Okay. Um, And there's a lot about this that I really liked about the movie. Um. There's a there are a lot of issues with it, uh, but th that idea of like the creepy, enough film, mm -hmm. is fascinating to me, and it Very. just like that is what made me want to know more. Like as far as getting me involved in the story, and then like he watches another one, like once he gets the other super eight tapes. And he watches another one. And you're like, oh my god, what is the like? I found that that was really effective in making me want to know more. And I'm someone who's also like really into true crime, and so like I found that the um the one with the pool was mm -hmm. really spooky. Like even before you see the figure in at the bottom of the pool, and the, yeah, there's something just like very true crime about it, which as someone who really likes that genre i really like got into it i was like yes i want to know who this is who's doing this and then other stuff happens and you go oh <laughs> yeah it's it like it builds it builds to, like you get you get some really good stuff and then it just like gets all swiped away by like cheap gimmicks and yeah and I, before, before we get before we start to really get into it i just want to say if you're a fan of this movie um um, hear us out. We're we're not shitting on this movie. Um, we just like oh maybe some of us are. I I like I'm not better. I'm not saying I'm better than this movie. There there, there were just some cheap things done that I. And it's a shame because there's such good one of the strong things of this 
movie was the it, like without this cast, I don't think you have a, a movie. Yeah, without Ethan Hawke, you don't have. Oh, with yeah. Juliet uh, Rylance, with uh, yeah. James Ransone. Is that how you say his name? The guy who played the deputy who was on The Wire. I didn't. He's like, like a New York the theater actor. Really? I loved him. Oh, I really. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about Deputy So and So. Yeah, deputy so and so. Yeah, yeah. I man, I see. He was I love one of the that sticking, guy. He was one of the sticking points for me on on one of the things I didn't like. I don't, I don't mind his performance, but his performance with all the other performances feels felt totally in two different films. Right? Like, had everybody been operating on his level in this film, then maybe I would have liked this film better. Or if he had been operating on their kind of tone, then it may have been better. But it feels like it just kind of felt like whatever they had set as far as like, this is the tone of the film. He was like, I'm doing my own thing. Or maybe the director said, try it this way. And let's, let's have some fun with this character. And it just didn't work for me. You know, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure it worked for you guys. That's great. It just, that was something that I actually took me out of the film when he was on deputy. So-and-so. I think that was, I think that's a really good actor taking direction. And that's exactly what the director wanted from that character and that performance that's that's what i think and it worked it worked for me i i i like the uh the break the sort of realistic awkward um kind of comedy like sweet his, and sweet very honest like earnest yeah yeah and especially in in just juxtaposition of uh fred thompson who played the sheriff um who was like, you know, like an actual senator and like always plays like kind of like yeah. hard asses. Like he just wants um, to be in the acknowledgments of a book. Like that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, Deputy so and so. Deputy yeah. so and so. I yeah. mean, I it, like him I, better I, than I, Vincent D'Onofrio, and that is well, not saying. Well, let me just. I, I, I will right? say this. I got, I, when I watched Deputy so and so, I almost was like, oh, they're going for <laughs> like the scream deputy. You know, it's like this oh, is Oh yeah, Deputy Dewey. Dorky. I don't yeah. really know. Oh man, what do you mean you left town? You can't do that. No. You know, it's like I was like, it's oh I was like, it just pulled me out of it every time. And and I am just this is all personal like here of my own personal like feelings towards that performance. He's probably a great actor. And like I said, if you love this film or you guys thought he was great I could totally be wrong. I didn't like it. It didn't work on me. You can't be wrong that you didn't like it. That's your opinion. You can't be wrong about that. Wrong. He sucked. <laughs> that character sucked. <laughs> yeah. So and so. I was like, even at one point, I was like, they even call him Deputy So and So. It's like I'm like I'm like am, is, it's like did did they bring in somebody to punch up the script? And is this person from like you know Upright Citizens Brigade? And he's like, I'm going to throw in this wild character that's going to throw this movie for a loop. He's like the the fireman character that Jim Carrey plays. Fire anyway. Marshal Bill? <laughs> there you go. That's the one. There is something about this movie that I love, that I want more of, that there is not enough of. And that is like the first, I'm going to say like half of it, which is that it just floats in this like universe of one great actor, like great lead actor. Mm -hmm. And then just like being legitimately like creepy. 
like not over the top creepy just like there's something lurking in the corner there's like i love that shit it's like i loved the conjuring because it had that same like weird you you see something that's like slightly off i love that and i want more of that and i also love that there are jump scares that are 100% predictable so that when I'm watching it, I feel smart when I don't jump because <laughs> I see it coming. I love that in horror movies. I'm like, ha ha, you didn't get me. Ha ha, I'm so smart. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Marika, there are so A many lot of, of these films. <laughs> I know. Once this movie gets cooking, uh, you ruin it. I know, but this, this is what I'm saying. I like the first half of it. Of we'll it see. being okay. like creepy, and then other stuff happens, and I'm like, womp womp. There were there were plot elements in the first, like the first half. I I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you, kind of. the The problem I have are plot elements within the story. First and foremost, being him finding the Super Eight films and putting them like he he knows how to set up a Super Eight camera, a projection. He just knows how to do that. Like, it'd be nice to get a line of exposition that might explain why he's able to do that. You know what mm, I mean? It's okay. not the easiest thing to set up. I this... will disagree with that. A Super 8 is fairly fucking simple. Okay, okay, and, okay. And I also forgive it because we, I, I forgive bigger things in, in, in worse movies. So I, okay. I totally am forgiving of that. That's... That's actually not a plot element that I was thinking of, but I wanted to get through that real quick. Um, you wanted to, you wanted to bring that up that you don't know how to load. He's a super testing the water. Thing. He's dipping his toes in. He's dipping my toes in. <laughs> exactly. But, okay, hmm. but seriously though, the sheet when he puts up the sheet and it's like two thumbtacks and he does it in a second. That didn't work when I was a kid and I tried doing it, and it didn't work last week when I had an audition and he needed to put a sheet up in my fucking office on the thumbtack board. And two thumbtacks don't do it. They won't hold. They won't hold. I won't argue with you, but I Agreed. last week put a sheet up. I put it over the TV to watch some Super 8 film last Friday. Did you use thumbtacks? No, I put it over the TV. Yeah, this guy used thumbtacks. That's I what mean, I'm this saying. is. Tell me, this is your biggest issue with the film, and we will dwell on it. I wish it was. You know, it was <laughs> like. Wouldn't, wouldn't you immediately call the cops or move your family out of a house where you just because my, my thought he's investigating. No, but my thought my my thought initially would be obviously this is not a demon. Obviously, a person snuck into the house and put this box of snuff films into my house. Now, I, I get his motivations. They they they. They don't do a good job of planting seeds throughout the film and building all of his bad choices to a place where he eventually, like, regrets who he becomes. But they have these scenes, uh, especially with his wife, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Tracy, Juliet Rylance, that are, like, beautifully acted, and you sort of, like, forgive, um, I forgave, some of these missing pieces through the their performances in those sections it's like okay i get it you're like you're you think your legacy is your art and you know how powerful it is when she tells them it's not your art that's your legacy it's it's your your life is your wife and your legacy or your children did that did that did that affect you mickey as like a father who is an artist well i 
I'll tell you, if there's one thing I took away from this film that I think it actually does nail, is that when you are a man and you're dedicated to a craft, you don't need to. She she needs to shut up and let you do your thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, oh my god. Listen, Jesus Christ. Listen, when you're an artist, <laughs> you're providing <laughs> for that family. But you're not. You know. It's like it's like your place is not to stop him from working. Your place is not to be. You're supposed to be in his corner. You make the coffee. Yeah, behind every listen, no. behind every great man no. Is, no. is is a decent you, woman. You don't you don't ask questions about the house. You don't. Totally believable that the wife wouldn't know any of this. She's the first wife in the history of wives to not know. Wait, wait, listen, wait, no, no, no. wait, I, I, wait, no, wait, 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 no, no, wait, no. I, wait. He, I, he asked me, and I do want to answer honestly. No, I want to answer honestly. Okay, go, go. Okay, so all that was a joke. I will say because you just touched on my biggest sticking point of the whole film, which is she is so aloof yeah. of everything. That I'm that I cannot buy them as a good relationship. I keep wondering in their relationship, which shouldn't be a thing that you wonder watching this film. I wonder, I'm like, oh, they must not really like each other or talk about anything. Right. Because here's the thing, right? If I were working on the next big book, I can guarantee my wife would know something about it. She'd know that these kids were murdered. She'd probably know how they were murdered. And then when we go to this new house I just bought, she'd see the broken branch in the tree and be put two and two together because she's not a dummy. And be like, we moved into the house. You dumb bastard. You moved us into the house. There are so many reasons why she should know what yep. house they are in. It drove, it like almost made me pull my hair out. And it, it's one of the reasons when I initially saw this film, I remember being like, this is dumb. I remember thinking that halfway through. And second time around. When did you see this? I, when did you see this? Nikki? I saw it red box, probably not far. Red box. I re- no, no, no. But the first time I saw it, not this last time. I didn't no, no, red no. box. No, no, no. I still think that's amazing that you went to a red box. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I red yeah. boxed it from a Walgreens. Were you with Molly? Yeah. <laughs> what? Walgreens. What? <laughs> were any Were any of your kids with you? Like, was were, were, like explain? I want to. I want to. I want to own a picture. There's, there's picture. No, I don't. I don't know why this is like so huge. But I mean, Campbell would have been probably like three or four years old. We went to Walgreens. We red boxed the movie. I was, I, I'm, I'm actually one of those dudes. I really like The Purge, the original Purge. I think it's a good film. I think it's a good Yeah, it concept. is. Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. So, so you tell me that Blumhouse and Ethan Hawke or, or Jason Blum and Ethan Hawke are together. I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. You know, I'm, I'm in. So we rented Sinister. Um, uh, didn't like it then. Um, like it better this time. I think because knowing that we were going to talk about this film made me go, okay, look, I got to find something that, I mean, try to like sink in on this. And, and, and I did find some things I liked about it, but yeah, but that's all just a red box and a, and a date night with Molly. And we watched Sinister, Aww, you know, great. but I'll tell you I, the reason, the only thing that, that besides knowing that like the first time I watched it being like, this is dumb. Um, <clears throat> the, the St. Louis Millers. Yes. Oh, I thought about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I thought about. I, I remember making the joke when we were watching. I was like, I bet that's is that my brother's family. I was like, is this movie? Are we watching a snuff uh, film? Are we about to enter into this? Is this like how this works? And it's your brother, yeah, Mickey. In this scenario, you're screwed. I know. You're screwed in this scenario. In this world, Marika and I are fine. Where? Oh, because we don't have kids. Right. Got it. Yeah. We we yeah. ain't got no bagul. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the bagulness. 
Um, nah, but go. Um, can yeah. I? I just want to. I just want to add in real quick in in regards to the red box. Um, I'm reading this uh, book right now about VHS collecting, and I've never seen one of these. But in the book, they talk about there used to be like a red box equivalent back in the 80s for VHS, and they were these gigantic, like super heavy vending machines that had VHSs in them. And you would select your VHS and it would give Jesus. it to you. But like they were, I mean, obviously like ridiculously cops cost prohibitive and like, Oh, I'm bad. Yeah. People do collect them. And they're like, if I was a, if I was like, you know, an Elon Musk, I would just definitely have one of these in my place. You know, I feel like I, if you were an Elon Musk, you probably wouldn't. <laughs> I, 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 no, would. I think he's in, he's in, he, he has like nerdy shit, like oh. referencing Mel Brooks science fiction movies in his car. You know, all right. That he designed, but anyway. but no, I I used to love a red box. I'll just put that out there to, to you know. I mean, obviously now having you know the, a video, the video store. store, I don't particularly well, love them. But I mean, a red box it, was it was it was tactile. You got to, you know you got your yeah. you know movie. You went you watched it. You could get special feature ones too. It wasn't always just like the basic DVD. You could get like the Blu-ray edition with extra features. Redbox is like our step, our, like our our step brother, yeah, or like weird step brother, yeah, or no brother in law is what I meant to say. You know what I mean? He's like he's he's all right, he's all right. I, I like weird step. I like weird step like, brother. Okay, like okay, we have, okay. we have to share the house with them, but we don't really want to. And they're like they're not quite as cool as us, or at least we think that. Yeah, and I'm not interested. I'm not interested in who likes my step brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh... Uh, Fred Thompson and Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> oh, Vinny D. Vinny D. Making a wild cameo. An anybody character cameo. A cheap. Vincent what the fuck, dude? Cheap. Like, I, I would have rather he actually be in the movie or Ethan Hawke go to a library and like discover this stuff on his own looking through old dusty books but i understand was... this is this is a, a super small 3 million dollar budget that grossed 8 point like no 8 87.7 million dollars at the box office which is insane so i get the, i get the skyping like yeah. from a financial point of view but it doesn't really add to the movie but and like, also it's thing. in the trailer it's in the trailer. They give away the bagul in the trailer, which is like, yeah. I don't watch yeah. trailers, so I didn't fall victim to this, but I watched all the special features on the DVD. And, um, uh, um, you know, it's like they just give away so much in trailers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's disappointing. But yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, I love him. That is, I will start off by saying that, but like that character. His interpretation of that character, and I'm gonna like chalk that up to maybe bad direction, unclear. But he just did like, it. Like the whole like, oh, all of a sudden, like it was just. I bet not he spent good. he spent two hours. Oh like, he, yeah, doing that. You know what I mean? It's like I'm just gonna he, you're Vincent D'Onofrio. You're a great actor. Just say the lines, and we'll work it. They're, and you know they're friends, Ethan Hawke and him. I feel yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're. Again, budget, budget is budget, but I feel like there are better ways to ex to expose this information. And even then, like, I feel like that information, now that I think about it, 
wasn't that like he's like oh i closed the door and i burned the thing and so it's fine right but like that doesn't even play in the end yeah no like that, doesn't, like, that whole thing could have been cut out and it wouldn't have made a lick of difference part, it was indicative of and i was trying to find i like a nice way to say this so, so that <laughs> people who 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 like the film uh aren't insulted and you know i'm conscious of that but i i feel like this movie was made for a younger less yes. experienced audience who needs more guidance and understanding like the plot of a film you need they you know you need it all like laid out and explained to you as simply as possible you know I feel like it was trying to do like the Constantine thing, right? Or like, or or the Ninth Gate thing, where it's like, ooh, ancient documents, spooky, spooky, like ancient creature, whatever. Which usually I'm like a hundred percent down for because I love like ancient lore in a movie. That's my like that's that's my bag. I love the Ninth Gate. There's a again. There's a lot about this film that was going in the right direction and then it just kind of goes yeah that being one of them and then there's a lot <laughs> it's it's this film is mcdonald's coffee <laughs> no okay, yeah. hear me out yeah it's it's like you probably you don't want it when you have it you're like actually not that bad yeah but you're never gonna like like, it's not it gonna be, yeah, you're not gonna sit there and talk about it for the next, you know, year of your life. You're not gonna sit there and say, guys, you have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. You're not gonna be like, you know, what we should all do right now. Go get McDonald's, get a McDonald's coffee. coffee. God, I miss I miss that McDonald's. I'm going to go have some McDonald's coffee again. Best thing happened to me the other day. I had McDonald's coffee. You know, it's just not that. But you know what? It's this thing like, again, where I said you don't want it. But when you have it, you're like, you know what? It's so it's not bad. It's like Sinister was like when I watched it, I was like, you know what? This is this. This is. Not it's not a bad movie. It's got good bones. It's yeah, good but bones. it's great bones. But it's and just, then uh, it, uh, I was kind of thankful actually how bad it gets at times because like it does it's playing on things that I truly find scary haunted houses home invasions like it gets it gets terrifying but then becomes so ridiculously like almost funny. Like all the little hands that pull him down from the attic, and all the kids who have terrible—the kids, terrible oh, makeup—they they looked yeah. as Bad. good as I did when I covered myself in tapioca pudding that Halloween and scared all the children <laughs> away. Yeah. And the shushing—they doubled down. Oh, they were shushing. Like, kids shushing <laughs> is the scariest thing in the world. And there was so much. I we need a supercut of the Mickey. If you have time, I would love a supercut of all the shushing uh, in this movie sure. that we could put up on our Instagram because yep. it's and it's very Zoolander esque. Yeah, you know. But now, but now you you bring something up that's really interesting, actually. And uh, as I was saying, one of the things that I loved about it is the super eerie. Like when he first watches the pool thing. Oh, and yeah, then that the figure, one, like that figure, comes out of the water, or like doesn't come out, but like you see it through the water. Like that's a hundred percent terrifying. Like that is, and again, because I'm with it's, you. Like that's super scary, and I love it. That being said, if the rest of the movie was that efficient at scaring me, like if it had stayed that good, 
I would have been 100% terrified. Oh, yeah. And I don't know oh. that I want to be that scared. And so part of me, like I said, I don't. I liked that the jump scares were predictable because I didn't, like, I was in for the ride. I was like, oh, there's going to be a jump. There's gonna be, Oh, there was a jump. I knew that was coming. And then it got a little bit ridiculous at the end where I was like, haha, that's so silly. But honestly, if it had been as good as it was at the end, as it was in the middle, I would have a problem. Which is that I would have nightmares about it. And I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, was... I don't know. I, I'm kind of glad that it it kind of got a little silly and over the top. But the question is, is there a movie that is that creepy? Like, oh, yeah. From that era. Because I feel like there's something oh, in that, that era? era. Well, like, from that, there's something in, like, the ability of using special effects and like CGI really, really efficiently. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that era that, that does creepy really well. When you use CGI to enhance practical effects, you have a truly spectacular thing that you get to see that if you're if, if 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 you write like a really good story and you're invested in it and 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 that's what oh man that's that's what's so frustrating about this movie you have the actors you have the bones to to tell this like truly terrifying thing that's going to live with me for weeks on it like i read some you know sometimes i read a stephen king book and then like when i get up to pee like i get up to pee like three four times a night it's insane anyways when i get up to pee at night like, i'm scared out of my mind and i was worried that i was going to be even though i did like even though this movie like ruins the scares for me i was like worried that i was going to be scared at night when i got up to pee and i wasn't See, that's good. And I was like, oh, that's thank fine. God. Thank, thank God this movie wasn't as good as it could have been. So I could get up and pee at night safely. But see, so that's my question is like, is there anything that does that like creepy, creepy creep as if it like, but we're like, it doesn't sour at the end. That's what I'm looking for. And I mean, I say this, I don't know that I actually want to watch that movie that will actually terrify me. But I feel like I also feel like it's a it's a generational thing, right? Where like the exorcist really terrified people and then like apparently Blair Witch really terrified people. That's, I mean, those still work. I mean, I saw Blair Witch in the theaters like when it came out and I was like this is terrible and it ended and we were like Really? Oh yeah, no, we like laughed it off. We thought it was so bad. Really? Yeah. It terrified me. But like, I have not been terrified by a movie. And I'm like, when is the day that I'm gonna watch a movie where it's gonna end and I'm actually, apart from when I was like six, like when am I gonna hit one of these movies that has that weird creepy vibe that I love from Sinister, but where it actually delivers until the very end. And I still haven't found that. Have you have Insidious. you seen Insidious is better? I haven't seen it yet. Uh did you see uh did you see Scott Dickerson's um uh The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yes. I that pretty scared good. the shit out of me when that I saw it. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Great performance. He's very good at finding like good actors for his for his movies and like 
you know, we're, you know, the whole jump scare, uh, and Mickey, I think you want to get into this, but the, uh, you said the, 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 uh, in a text chain, the blummification of horror films. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, the Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Oh, right. Okay. Um, you know, we, we have our issues with them, but like, there's no question that it's financially successful. They wrote the formula, right? So, uh, <clears throat> sure, it was probably something people said like in the mid to late 80s where they were like, oh, the Friday the 13th of right? Yeah, this is great article. I think it was done by Variety, it may have been Rolling Stone, but I'll share it with you guys later. But it talks about Blumhouse because. Uh, Jason Blum, those guys have been like killing it for over a decade. And what they've created is what in what they called in this article, which I thought was a great summation of what they do, which is called pop horror. Right. And and what pop horror is, is it's it's horror that you make almost to a T what you're saying, Marika, that that walks this line of being creepy, but not so creepy that it's going to drive away their tweens and their teens. Mm. Because their big audience is high school and junior high kids. Right. And they know almost almost by an algorithm exactly when to pull the right punches to deliver. So if you, so if you watch an Insidious and you watch a Sinister and you watch, I mean, even the new uh, Halloween, it's, it's almost like clockwork. They know, like, you know, in the first 15 minutes, we deliver this kind of scare, and then we build to this scare, to this scare, to this scare. Then we pull back, we put in some levity, then we pull in this scare, this scare, and then we finish off with, with like, the big reveal in the last, like, 15 to 20 minutes. That's going to hopefully, you know, have this big crescendo and make people, like, freak out. Right. It, like, it is, it is so formulaic, and... um it's it's just what they do and but it's called pop horror and they kind of refer to these films of this era you know there's like an 8 to 10 period or 10 year period where you you're getting a lot of that pop horror which really kind of got really disrupted by which is another you know Blumhouse has actually worked with Monkey Paw but was really disrupted by things like Get Out you know but which Blumhouse needed. produced Jason Blum produced Get Out yeah, I know. That's what I just said. I said Blumhouse work oh. with Monkey Paw. Monkey Paw is Jordan Peele's company. Oh, god. So, yeah. so he he does work in that area too. So it's kind of like he's cornered the market on all of it. But what made him popular was that, and then Get Out was kind of the disruptor that kind of changed pop horror as not so like right now all you're getting are sequels of those films that came out during mm-hmm. that era. It's like now they've become like you said. So agreeing with you on this part, Marika. Now you're only seeing sequels to Sinister and Insidious. They say they're going to make the Insidious Sinister um, crossover movie. You know. Anyway, but but you just shine some like you know uh, history on these particular types of films. They are they very much are a thing, and they are very much meant to to do a lot of what is working heavily on you, Marika. It's smart business. It's a fad. Yeah, Blumhouse is what. What was it? New Line was, I guess, at one point where it's like they're putting out, yeah, you know, you know Blumhouse is putting out all the horror films now. It's like if you want to pair them out with Friday the Thirteenth, um, if you want a successful horror franchise, you want to talk to the Blums, and you want to talk to um, who are the guys that did Creep? Oh my gosh, the brothers. Yeah, the uh, um, um, Jesus, I was indirectly working with uh, one of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> shit, Mark. Yeah. Um, well, that's Duplass, the Duplass brothers. Duplass, Duplass brothers. Yeah, I will say this: like you know, um, 
even though this particular era is uh, covered in these types of films that I'm not into that certain people are, and that's totally fine, there are there are still been like tons of like really effective, um, wonderful horror films that have been coming out like that aren't don't have anything to do with with that style of things like extraordinary or a ghost story. Oh yeah. Um, like you th- that stuff is still being made um so like don't don't think that we're like you know Ugh, fucking movies modern suck days yeah no, uh, I, I mean you are but no 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 i i actually think that horrors <laughs> i think that horrors having a, a renaissance right now i think that horror is having like a, a massive like uh it's being it's being retooled again to talk about social um ideas and talk about like classism and things that really need to be discussed but under the prism like the wicker man super entertaining yeah or or um like uh the new texas chainsaw movie oh god (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna get into that we we all had a a listener we all had a talk about that movie that you didn't get to listen to me into that movie i cannot do that right now uh, going going on though yes it's it's it, hey man a successful horror movie is a good thing for horror in general right it, it means they'll make more it, it funnels money into because you know you can't make a movie without money man it's, it's, it's it costs a lot of money you may not have a get out today because you didn't have a sinister in 2012 exactly you know? i mean it's it just is what it is it's like sinister i mean they make a lot of money and they are the perfect date movie uh period like i'm i'm gonna tell you right now if you're if you're if i were in high school mm. and sinister at the theater yeah absolutely absolute amazing date movie yeah cuz then you have the like excuse to hang on be like ooh this is so spooky even though you're not that right. spooked where you can like grab a bicep and be like yeah. ooh. No, that's fucking great. And afterward, I'm totally fine to ignore the movie and make out versus like if I saw Get Out, I'd want to talk for like 12 hours about it, you know? See, this is why, this is probably why yeah. I was disappointed by um, uh, Blair Witch where I had expectations of like having a bicep to hold on to, whereas that did not come up. Uh... I mean, not that I was going with the date. There were just boys going. I was like, maybe this is, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Blair Witch was just a terrible movie. I disagree I'm with kidding. you, and that's another I discussion. Joking. I don't but I, I didn't take girls to see horror movies, unfortunately. I took them to see, like, Mr. Bean, the movie. And that didn't, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> Why ever not? Because <laughs> girls aren't into Mr. Mr. Bean. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> girls aren't into Rowan Atkinson in the uh, uh, <laughs> mid nineties. No, see, I'm pretty sure that girls are, but girls aren't expecting that on a first date. Okay, and, and no, I don't think that the majority of girls are into Rowan Atkinson's humor. Not thirteen year old girls. Resident girl here. I just... okay. No, no, that's awesome. If you are, I'm just saying it just seems like Murica. Seems... Where were you when I was thirteen? Okay, that was weird. It, well, just no, it just feels like sophomoric boy humor, you know? Like, I, yeah, it yeah. is, it is, but also, it really is, but also but... very mature British humor. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's got a British accent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not even. 
never, I never would have thought the sinister episode would have <laughs> Mr. Bean referenced. You know, it's all the, uh, the hip bones connected to the leg bone, man. Hip bones connected. And speaking of bones and scary <laughs> stuff, <laughs> Mickey. Okay. Did you? Did you? Were you terrified when the snake was in the attic? I know you no. don't like snakes. I don't like snakes, but I've I've said this numerous times. I'm not scared of snakes. I, I feel like I have to say this every time we talk about snakes. Snakes <laughs> do not scare me. It sounds okay. like a guy. It sounds like a guy who's scared of snakes. They make me angry. I just hate they make them. me angry. They make you angry. That's so alpha male of you. They don't scare me. No, things do scare me, but snakes don't scare me. I get this violent rage when I see a snake. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm just pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> snake <laughs> drive me crazy. I don't like things that slither. I mean, that being said, did anyone else do the, the little nursery rhyme when you saw the snake? Uh, no. Uh, please regale us with this nursery rhyme. So there's there are these two types of snakes, right? They're, which are red, oh, yes. yellow, and black. Yep. And so there's a nursery rhyme or like a rhyme. Yes, I, I did that in know. my head when I saw it. I was like, red and yellow, kill a fellow. And then this is what I did in my head. I said, red and yellow, kill a fellow. And then I went, Mickey. Because I thought of you. Whenever I see a snake, I think of you, Mickey. So, okay, I'm going to tell this brief story, but it's going to be brief because I want to get back to this film. But when I was in high school, I grew up in a very, not rural, we'll say somewhat suburban southern town where what you did on the weekends is you went frog gigging in ditches. And <laughs> what you do is you'd gig a frog with a three-pronged triton, and you'd then kill the frog, and you'd cook the legs and eat frog legs. And what my what, and a water moccasin and a frog look exactly... They, they have the exact same look when they stick their heads out of the water when you're looking in a ditch in Arkansas. So when you would sometimes stab your triton into the water, because you only see their little heads sticking out, sometimes you'd pull up a water moccasin, also known as a cotton mouth. You'd pull up a water moccasin instead of a... Snake? A, 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 what's that? Is that a snake? Oh, yeah. A yes. very, a very oh, okay. poisonous one. Got it. Very, okay. very small, but very poisonous snake. Got it. Marika, I told you about them when, you, when we, were, uh, going, we were in Missouri together, and we were in the creek, and we, you ruined your shoes, and they were all sneaky. The stinky, the the you know that was yeah. uh I told you about the water moccasins. That was a million remember. years ago. Anyway, yes, it was. Oh, yes, good to know. So we would so oftentimes you'd go in to gig the frog and you'd pull out a full blown water moccasin and he'd be angry because he has tritons sticking into his neck. And Fit my friends in high school, because you had to then put your foot on the snake to pull the triton out, but it's a very hard thing to do. And you run the risk of getting bit by a water moccasin. So what we would do is my friends would usually take, you know, whoever was getting on everybody's nerves that particular day. And they'd say, it's your turn to get the <laughs> snake off. You'd have to take the snake with your foot and pry it off the triton. But then you'd have a knife in one hand so that when it came to bite for you, you could try to cut its head off. Jesus. Because you have to sever the head. And even after the head's severed, it can still bite you and, and deliver its poison. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, bury it. And burn it with a Ouija board. So you build up it's kind of like <laughs> but <laughs> Who's got the Ouija board? Yeah, who's, who's got the Ouija it? board on them? Yeah, we gotta, we gotta say five fucking thing. Yeah. Five we gotta say five incantations. 
Okay. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but, but uh, you, you in order to do this, you have to build up a certain amount of adrenaline because you are going to like, you are going to pull a snake off of a triton that can kill you. And while it's biting at you because it's angry, you're going to cut its head off. So you have to build up an immense amount of adrenaline. So when I see snakes now, all that adrenaline, mm, that sense okay. memory, all the adrenaline rushes straight to me and I get into fight or flight mode where I'm going to like ready to kill. Like I turn into like the predator. It's like it's a zero in on the snake and I go for, you know, I go just to kill it because it's me or him. There's only one of us is walking away from this situation. Interesting. Okay. That, that explains it. Okay. Okay. That explains, I, that explains why you're terrified of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not scared. I get so outraged. Speaking of Mickey being terrified of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, like, why, why does the bagul, uh, why doesn't, <laughs> Like, don't ask other questions is what I'm gonna say. He's it's been like, around. He's been around since the Middle Ages, but there's only like five kids. Why doesn't he have oh, right. like five hundred yeah. kids, five thousand kids? That's America. Maybe he's got other. So he's only continental. Well, no, I, I'm saying he's intercontinental. But for the last fifty years, he's been. But what, what I'm saying is, like, whenever he's on a continent, that's when, like, okay, I get rid of the old kids, I get a new batch. I mean. Okay, this opens a bigger question that maybe I just lost interest and missed, but like the kids. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so yes. he needs to consume he like takes the kids and then like slowly consumes their soul, right? Yeah, that's how he lives. That's what I got. And I, I, yeah, that works. I, I mean, that's that what yeah. that's what the movie says. So then it would make sense that, like, first of all, it would make sense that he only has a few because he's, like, slowly consuming them. But then, am I forgetting the bit where they explain why the kids are the ones doing the killing? He, so, so you need a blood sacrifice, right? Yeah. So the sacrifice is the family and how he sacrifices the family is he um influences he has like a he has a pool on children so the pool he has does two things it helps execute and obviously he has a supply of some sort of poison or drug <laughs> that he can get right, to the kids glow in the dark poison, the bagools yeah. glow in the dark poison is his secret of the use like broken <laughs> open glow sticks <laughs> Yeah, Crack. I was really, you know, drink this bitch. That's something I hate to jump to the end here, but that's something that was really disappointing. It's just the movie just ends, and you, I'm, I was really hoping it's like okay, you you watch a movie or you read a book because it's an exceptional story. It's a story worth hearing. It's a story worth telling. So in this scenario, I would hope that, um, you know, uh. Ellison or Tracy or even the son who disappears who is he's got that really great scare in the yeah. box like that first scare in the but that was yeah. that would scare the shit out of me it's a great um, scare yeah 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 he he's got a great yeah. but he, his character just disappears but I was hoping like how 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 much more effective the ending would have been if like maybe the wife or the son or somebody or you, even Ellison himself would have like like 
they would have made you believe, oh, they're going to get out of this. And then they don't. It's just like he's taped up, he's poisoned, and the terrible... She was bad. She was a really bad actor, by the way. I'm, she was. You know, it's not fair. Yeah. She's a kid. I know, but they did not get a good kid actor. It's very hard to get a good kid, kid actor. She was not good. She, I, she, she was fine until the end. And then in the end, it was really exposed how bad she was to me. But, like, like how much more enticing and emotionally invested you become when it's like, oh, my, my character might, they might make it out. They might like trick me into believing that they're going to live. And then they don't. Right. This just kind of like ends. Well, it's like, and and the kid, uh, you know, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the night terrors don't pay off in any way. No, no. It's like, this was like, you put this night terrors in it. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I kind of know where this is going from, like, early on in the film. Again, which I'm okay with. But when the kids started having night terrors and then he's, like, in the bushes, I was like, oh, my God, how awesome would it be if it's, like... That was scary, by the way. That was another scary scene. But, like, the the night terrors is what makes these kids do these things, right? Like, that would have been awesome. Or if the night terrors were a superpower. Not really a superpower, but it was, like... It was a way of protecting him against being gotten. So he doesn't become, it's like he could somehow be a hero to fight against or help free his father or just anything to give that payoff. Yeah. You kept, I was invested in it. I was Absolutely. Absolutely. In I wanted nightmares. that to be, I wanted that to have a reason for existing and it doesn't. And in my mind, I was building a million things that could have been super cool. While I was watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, what if this is what happens? And then what actually happens is, like, not as good as what I had in my mind. And, like, I'm not saying that I'm brilliant. I'm just saying I'm, like, your regular horror fan. And I'm coming up with what seems to me, like, a better idea than what was actually done. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is something I was going to say earlier, and then we went to something else. But I do have to bring this up. As someone who has recently bought a house. Yes. um... Yes. (laughs) Yes. I have so many issues with just the real estate. <laughs> yes, bring it up, please, please. I, wa- I was going to ask you this. And this is this depends on like where you live. Okay, so this is based on what I know from where I live, from where I bought a house recently, right? But there, there's there's certain things that you need to disclose if you're selling a house. Now, obviously dad writer dad dude knew that this was a house where people had died but like when you buy a house the seller has to declare if if there was a violent death Absolutely. in the house that yeah. you're buying so either a suicide or a murder basically like if someone dies of natural causes you don't need to declare it because that's just you know that happens when that happens your house loses like upwards of 10 percent of its value because people generally don't want to buy a house where there has been a violent death well and especially when they don't clean up the scene of the fucking death by leaving the tree branch still yeah. laying in the fucking yard that's nuts I that mean... would be that would be that would be that would be taken care of but like i i'll forget like that's an easy i'll forgive it for the story right but then the other thing is that <laughs> again from a home buyer home seller perspective the thing is that, like, at first when we started looking for a house, 
I was like, oh, well, I don't, maybe I don't so much mind if we can pay $50,000 less for a house because someone yeah. maybe committed suicide. Like, I was like, maybe I'd be okay with that, right? Like, I'm not, because, you know, there's this idea that it's, like, superstitious, right? Where people are like, oh, maybe there's ghosts, which, whatever. Are, are you better with a suicide versus, a, like, a, like, a, like, a brutal murder like that? Like, would you be willing, okay, let, like, let's say, let's say we're taking off like $85,000 to a hundred thousand dollars off of what you paid on your house because there was a, like a brutal murder. There. Okay. So, okay. But Mickey, do you want to answer first? And I'll, I'll chime in with what well, I actually, Mickey, Mickey has the redheaded ghost that looks like his wife who lives in the basement. He lives in an old mansion. That's true, but he there, didn't there's ghosts all over that place. Yeah, that's true. I actually will tell a very sad story and I'm going to make it, I'm going to try to not get too deep in this, but there is a house down the street from us where a, um, a, uh, uh, a baby was murdered. Um, oh, no. yeah. Killed by the father. Yikes. I, I want to joke and say, if you give me a good deal, yeah, man, I'm all in, but I don't think I can live somewhere where a brutal, like truly like sinister act had taken place. Is it a nice house? It's a nice house. Yeah, it's this is a great and neighborhood. What's the kind of what kind of deal? Are we that's what I'm curious. Like, what what's the threshold? On, I don't like, the quality of the house and the deal you get on it versus. I don't the know what the deal on that house is, but nobody in this area will go will touch that house as far as buying it. But, but so see, this is what okay. So this is where I'll jump in. Yeah. Um. Please do. Because again, at first I was like, oh, if I'm getting a deal and like it's it's significant, like the value of a house will significantly go down if that has happened in a house because most people won't want to touch it like bad yeah. juju, whatever. And so at first I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe that we can look at because the house that we had seen was a place where someone had killed himself like it was a suicide. And I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can live with that. Maybe I can, like, go visit the house and see what it's like. And if the house is great, then whatever. But then I realized from a strictly pragmatic point of view is that if, you, like, you have to declare it if, if that has happened in your house. But that never goes away. It's not uh... like the first, the first new owner of the house has to declare it. So, like, if I were to buy a house where there was a gruesome murder... And I got the $85,000 off, right? When I sell that house, be it in five, be it in 10, be it in 15 years, I still have to declare that this has happened in this house. And again, I was maybe looking to, you know, being like, oh, maybe I could do that. But then the reality is you walk into a house and you know that someone has been, you know, whatever has, has happened you walk into the space, you know that that's yeah. happened. Like that's gonna affect, you can't, it's, I don't know. That shit carries weight. And it's very, like, not logical. And it's very, what's the word? What's the opposite of pragmatic? <laughs> non-pragmatic. Like, yeah, non-pragmatic. <laughs> and it's just very, like, you know, not spiritual. I don't want to say that because I'm not someone who, like, believes in whatever. But, like... I don't know that like I'll go I'll go sleep in a bed and breakfast. I went and slept at the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast and was like, whoo, what a thrill and creepy shit happened while we were there. And that was fine for one night. I don't want to live in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. And yeah. I love spooky shit. I love haunted shit, but I don't want to live in haunted shit. I want my yeah. house to be quiet. 
and not move when I'm not looking. <laughs> oh, okay, so okay, that brings up another question of digression, which is like haunted places, visiting them, how you treat them, like, like I like, yeah, Marika, when you when you stay in those places, do you like what's your attitude towards it? What's your um, what do you see? Uh, what do you experience? It's clearly morbid curiosity, right? Which I think is a a very human thing um, from things I have read, you know, from the fact that people have assisted or have attended um, executions from the beginning of time, like it was yeah. a spectator sport. I think morbid curiosity is a thing that we're, we're very curious about death. Um, we don't know much about it, and so we're curious about it. Um, and I like fully accept that that is something that lives within me and I'm okay with it and I have a lot of fun with it. Um, that being said, when I show up to a place where bad things have happened, um, I'm partially there for the fun of it, but I also approach it with a great deal of reverence, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm very careful because especially like I'm a huge, like I'm, I'm very much attracted to asylums, former asylums. And I understand that there are places of great, great suffering. Um, and so I'm going to fulfill some sort of morbid curiosity of mine, but I don't want to do so in a way that's just me being a dick. Um, so yeah, I'm really careful. And like, I've seen too many horror movies to think that ghosts ain't going to come after me because they are. <laughs> so I'm very apologetic and I'm like, hi, hey guys. I'm just gonna bop around here if that's okay with you. <laughs> if you have if you have a problem with that, let me know. And then sometimes I hear a noise and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> Very careful. Um, yeah, I don't know because you don't know. No one knows. So I just don't want any angry ghosts like following me home. So I'm very very cautious. Mickey, I. The the stuff that I I mean obviously it's a place of curiosity. It's like for me, I think that all of us you know wrestle with the idea: is there anything else beyond you know this? Is there is there a great you know thereafter? And I think that that's kind of what draws me into places where they may be haunted, or whether you know there was a town next to the town where I grew up called Zenith, Missouri. And they have this thing called the Zenith Lights, and it's supposed what? to be spirits that live out and down That's the country road. Yeah, Zenith, Missouri. Yeah, Zenith where Park. I grew up. Yeah, yeah. So, but there are these 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 lights that appear in the middle of nowhere, and they're supposed to be spirits. And we went and saw it, and it sure enough was. Uh, there were there were lights that just come out of the ground and float around, but um, but but it's one of these things where it's like you, it's it's all about like knowing is there something else? Is there a great beyond? And you know, so yes, that's that's how I approach these things. I'm there as an observer. I'm there um not to be like, let's let's you know stir some shit up. You know, like, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I but I do. I want something to be there. There's a part of me that's like, this will be it. This will answer one of the great life's questions for me. Is if something were to happen and I see a spirit or I see something that you know confirms to me that there is the great beyond it's like it's that's why i i get the hairs on the back of my neck stand up when i'm in a place like that or or i'm extra alert 
to see if anything's going to happen because for me, the weight of something actually happening is so huge. You know, that it's that, uh, that yeah, like Marika, you go with. You see an alien, right? Like, you want it. You want it to be true. You want it to, like, you yeah, do I, want it. Yeah, for sure. But then you don't want it because then if something, like, makes a noise, you're like, oh, motherfucker, out of here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Which is what we, makes it fun. It's like that weird dichotomy I, of like, I want to be scared and I want to know, but then I also don't want to be here if anything happens. Well, well, so much of life is a disappointment. So much, so many things that you're told when you're a kid, you grow up to find out are like, well, that's not how that works. Or, well, that's not true. That, you know, there's this thing that you can't really say whether or not these spirits do exist or don't exist. You kind of just like have to kind of trust it, kind of suss it out yourself and figure it out. And I think there's something really exciting about it so when you go into a haunted house or a place or something like that but it's also the reason why i i do have like as much as i want to be like mr pragmatic you know and say like yeah i'd buy a house if it were like a hundred thousand dollars cheaper because i don't believe that there's, that there's gonna be bad juju the real truth is, is that of course there's a part of me that believes there's real bad juju you know so, so does that okay where do we all stand with ghosts do we all believe in them I believe in the possibility of there being some spirits, yeah. Okay, Marika? I don't want to believe it. <laughs> I mean, my scientific... The scientific right? Part That's of the thing! Is, no. is I'm like, no, logically, no. no. We die, no. we, we like, d decay. But, like, I I consciously choose to disregard all logic and fallacy and choose to believe in ghosts because yeah. it's fun. I'm a spiritual person. I, I, I believe that there's... I just... It's fun. It's fun to believe in yeah. ghosts for me. And that's why I believe in ghosts. Even if we decompose and we just become some atomic... Like, we're just atoms bouncing around with other atoms. Who's to say there's not something in that as well? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know I mean, it's like... energy. Energy, yeah, man. It's like it's like we're every place is haunted for that matter, you know, because because the, the things that were there that decomposed are now still pieces of matter that exist that are like floating around. But I mean, atomic, some know. places are still more haunted than others. Let's be honest. Yes, they have <laughs> different energies. They have like stronger energies. Yeah, um, I definitely believe in ghosts and feel that I've had experiences I'm open to the possibility that they were not ghosts oh I lost you there Michelangelo repeat that you're open to the oh, possibility the ghosts have taken your voice away you guys hear no oh, happening they're trying to shut you up they are they're, they're trying like... to silence you oh my gosh this is creepy I'm freaking out man I'm freaking out I just pee you now yeah hello Hello? Okay, go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to create this uh, nightmare. Right. Um, can you hear me? No. You're no, all you're over the place. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are messing with me now. No, we're not. <laughs> no, 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 we're no. not. No, no, you're definitely you cutting talking out. about spirits. Your, your, your whole thing's cutting out. Okay, how about now? I Good. Don't know. Hear me now. Say, Good. Something, yeah. say something about ghosts and we'll see. Okay, I, I, I have had so many experiences 
that I have to believe that um, there was some sort of logical explanation for these experiences outside of ghosts. But like I've had experiences that were definitely ghost related that I I'm, like I don't want to get into now. Um, that's a paywall situation. Um, but I've definitely had experiences that would lead me to believe that like like there's something, whether it's ghosts, energy, however you want to classify it. Well, can, go ahead, give us a little taste. Oh, paywall, paywall. No, I know. You gotta be like, like a drug dealer. You can't expect people to pay for something they haven't sampled. Come on. I feel like we should do like a little mini sode of our yeah. top three ghost encounters. Yeah, that's a Halloween special, maybe. Yeah. You know? Then Definitely. that would be free. Halloween's always that's free. good enough of a sample. Like to our audience, we'll do a special Minnesota. Yeah. Here it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me frame this. Dear audience, uh, Mickey Michelangelo and I all lived in a former insane asylum uh, in New York, which oh, was 100% yeah. haunted. And so we have yep. big time, big time. And we know there what dead go. bodies smell like. Oh, yeah. Also, before before we finish, I just got to say the cardigan Ethan Hawke wears. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, I love God, it. I wanted hit that with the elbow <laughs> patches. I love it. Oh, oh, my God. You guys are such Ali, Ali and I, Ali and I. She has, I have so many cardigans with like big chunky cardigans and like I stop wearing them and she wears them all. She wears them around the house and we have big chunky eyeglasses and like that's, that's, I, I totally like Ethan Hawke signed on for this production. <laughs> so like, that only he if could I get a giant cardigan. No, that's his. No, that's Ethan Hawke's. That's Ethan he, Hawke's He's like, cardigan. he's like this. He's, he's, yes, exactly. Right. He's like. He's this like movie star guy who like really wants to be like an artist and he wants to like he's a writer. He's written two books. He uh, so I, I see him like, oh, he's a this seems like a Stephen King short story. Right. And and um, this the story of this film uh, and Ethan Hawke is this like I get to wear glasses and I get to wear a cardigan with elbow patches that I'm going to bring in and I get to be a writer and it's about art and my family. And like I see the parallels that he must have dealt with in his own life and being like like because he's he, he decides to do something right a movie because he, he he Ethan Hawke does all I think he, you're stretching. I know I'm stretching. But like when we <laughs> talked about Ben Foster in in um, thirty days a night, I'm why not going to get into it with Ethan Hawke. Why you want to talk about <laughs> why, why why you want to talk about that? Um, but like when <sighs> Ethan Hawke decides to do, because he does all kinds of crazy stuff. He he just did um Black Box, yeah, right. By I think Scott Dickerson directed, and I just bought the uh book of joe hill who is stephen king's son i bought the book of short stories that black box is in i can't wait to read it i haven't seen the movie yet why are you huffing <laughs> she's huffing man because you're like this I'm, is, I'm just this is Ethan the black phone the black phone <laughs> yeah the black phone what did i say the black box yeah yeah okay the black phone i'm sorry i can't i have not read it yet so um that's why I messed it up. Anyway, Ethan Hawke, this movie is his life. This movie is his life, is <laughs> what I'm saying. He is exactly, I de that's why he broke up with Uma Thurman, is what no, I'm saying okay. right now. Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm, 
I mean, and the people in line at the cash right now who are probably still waiting to pay for the no, rental. we have a whole we have an automated system set up. We have an automated system set up. There's a shoebox. All yeah. right, we got let's quarters. wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this. Who are recommending this to? Michelangelo, go. Oh, geez, I go first. Yep. The first. Yep. I'm first. Do it. Okay. Um, who do I recommend this to? I gotta say, the only people I'd recommend this to is: Are you a huge Mark Rylance fan? <laughs> then you gotta, you gotta. His stepdaughter is in this movie. You gotta check this out. Oh my god! <laughs> Such a. You're the pretentious one now, but go on. Okay. I would I, I can't honest honestly, like I would never recommend this movie for anybody who, unless you're like super duper ridiculously hopelessly infatuated with Ethan Hawke, then you should see this. It's crazy. I'm being serious right now. I know you are, but you're. Ugh. I could have gone the rest of my life. And not seen this yeah. movie, and I apologize to people who who, who love it. Uh, but uh, me personally, at one I, at one point, one of my notes was like, I could turn this off right now and be fine. Um, yeah. uh, I could go the rest of my life without w- without ever seeing this movie again, yeah. or ever having seen it, and it would not have an effect on my. And and there are things like the haunt, the haunting of hell, the haunting of hell There's house. No- I, that we have talked about in in all this time that has affected my life, where I was like, "Oh, good thing I watched this movie; otherwise, my life would never be the no, same." No, no, no. Like, like, like. Come listen, on. man. Like, I, I have issues with like the haunting of Hill House, right? But like that movie affected me, despite the things I didn't like about it. And I'm glad that I've seen it. And all of the films that we've talked about on this podcast, even Warlock, even Arachnophobia. Even uh, Trick or Treat, like all of these, all of the movies we've talked about so far have affected my life in a positive way. And I'm like ultimately glad, whether I like them or not, that I've seen them. This is a movie that is like disposable to me. It's like, meh, this movie ultimately is a meh, sort of like it it didn't ruin my life. It didn't add anything to my life. Jesus Christ. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so, I, I'm sorry that that's what it is, but that's what it is. Aye, like despite aye, aye. despite the fact that it had stellar performances in it, and without it, the movie would be shit. And like it has some good bones, but like that's where I stand. Like I can't like that's how I feel about it. Go, the, the, Mickey. Who do you recommend this fucking movie to? <laughs> this is what happens when you're gone, Rika. You see, Michelangelo Jesus starts Christ, just like, dude. The way, my mother, my mother who listens to the podcast is like, I noticed that you cuss more than the other people on the show. Your mother, she first sound, of all, does she doesn't not sound, sound like that. anything she like, that. Sound like that. What was that? Not That's only not is he cussing more, he's denigrating his own mother, but whatever. No, my mother's a fucking saint. Stop swearing. Your mother disapproves. I love you, mom. Yeah, yes, Michelangelo's mom. We all love you. We all love you. You are the fourth person in this podcast. Marika? Mickey hasn't answered the question yet. No, no, no. I want to hear that you love my mom as well. I already, said, I already said so. I didn't hear it. Come on, Marika. Just you say it again. You are being such a pain in the butt tonight. Just let, just do it. Just do it, Marika. He had no, a 12% no, beer. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I had a 12% beer. 
Oh, okay, you're that's right. That's the problem. No, no, no. It's you're right. You're right. Here. I. No, no. You're right. You're right, Marika. Like I, I shouldn't force you to say anything you don't want to say. Okay, Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, between me and Mickey, I text your mom a hundred times more often. I didn't even know that you. We could text your mom. Does your mom text? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what's happening. Guess what's happening. To be from fair, now on. to be fair, Marika's like stayed in my parents' house and like has had conversations with my mother. Mickey, who do you recommend this fucking movie to? Hey, tell your mom you're ever <laughs> Mick picks. I'm sending your mom my Mick picks. Michelangelo <laughs> is drunk. <laughs> This is honestly, I, I know who I, I recommend this to teenage teenagers who don't like horror at all. Ooh, good wreck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if only you had thought of that. Yeah. Because it, it's it's not a it's not a horror film for people who like horror. It's 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 a horror film for people who think they know what horror is and think that they'll they want to rent something that feels like horror. That's very pretentious pop. of you, pop. by the way. Yeah, it is. But no, it's very pretentious. Pop horror. Pop horror. Yeah, I think that it works for the majority of people. I don't think the majority of people are just horror fans. I think there are horror fans, and I think there are everybody else. And everybody else will like this movie just fine and be like, yeah, I watched a horror film. It's called Sinister. It's pretty good. I think horror fans will watch this and be like, Hey, they'll probably have more of a Michelangelo. It'll probably have that kind of more of an effect like that on on I think a real horror fan. This is like going. It's this is like going to the Olive Garden for Italian. Yep. You know dinner. You know it's like there you go. You know it's unlimited like, it's not motherfucking breadsticks, bitch. Yeah, you can't it's what argue most people that. think Italian is. You know it's but like that's that's the thing is you're you're not the chef but like the waiter is Ethan Hawke. <laughs> You know, you're going to Olive Garden, but all of a sudden you get Ethan Hawke. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great comparison. That's like you crystallized it, man. You crystallized it. Uh, Marika. Jesus Christ. You recommended you, you, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yep. Wow. That's a great recommendation. That's the yep. first that's time you've rec. recommended yeah. Jesus yep. Christ. Thank go. God. I we were actually, looking to get more Christian know. on the show. And whoever goes uh, to church on Sundays, let him know. Pass him on my recommendation. I recommend it to everyone you guys wouldn't recommend it to. So there. Suck it. Bye. Oh, don't whoa, 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 whoa. don't hang up. Don't hang up. Don't hang yeah, up. Yeah, but you're 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 also uh, guys are pretentious horror people now. Yeah, we are. Like, we are. I'm we not, are. I'm not pretentious. I'm without I'm a not face. Pretentious. Eyes Without a Face is a great movie. That's a great fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are being insufferable. Okay, bye. I love you. Thank you for listening. Bye.